0: Right. You were created, and you were created for one purpose, and that was to worship. If you have a Bible, you can turn in Hebrews 12, 28. We're going to be there eventually, but let me walk through some things with you here in just the meantime. We were created to worship, and God desires, and this is a great night to take notes, man, because you really want to zero in on what God is going to be leading and teaching tonight, is that... God desires our worship, okay? God seeks our worship. He created us, and he created us to worship. So naturally, the byproduct is God desire seeks our worship. There's a constant war for your worship. This war started long before, again, like I said, before the world was ever created. In Isaiah 14, 13, and 14, I'm going to read it. You can check it out on the screens. It says, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heaven.'" Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will sin above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Anybody have any idea who this is referencing? Anybody? No? Quite the opposite. This is referencing... Lucifer. Lucifer was an angel of God, and before the world was ever created, God. Lucifer was this guy, this angel that was um, very prideful, wanted to become like God, wanted to consider himself equal as God, and wanted the praise that God got. Right, and so God, in His justice and in His jealousy, because He wants His own glory. Hello, He tossed Lucifer to beyond, and when He created the world, Satan, which. Lucifer became Satan, was sent to rule over the earth, okay? And so there's a battle that has been going on, and Lucifer, Satan, constantly, if you read this passage, it says, I will, I will, I will set my own throne, I will sit on my own throne, I will do these things, I will, I will I will, it's kind of quite the contrary to what this other guy, we talked about him a little bit last week, this guy who came from heaven actually as well, came to earth and he died on the cross for yours and mine sins, and uh, he said something quite the opposite, anybody know what he said? Jesus came and he said, thy will, he referenced God, and so not just, not we, we, we kind of understand that same frame of mind that we constantly are in this state where we're like, okay, I will, I'll do this, I'll do that, no. Jesus said, thy will be done. So Satan, Lucifer, is still warring for our worship today. He's still in conflict and in battle with God on a daily basis because he desires, just as much as God, he desires you to be distracted and taken away from God, and so he's fighting for your worship. Matthew 4, 8 and 9, you'll see a little picture of this, is when Jesus is in the desert and you don't have to turn there, you can check it out on the screens. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. Jesus has been in the desert for about 40 days, and he is vulnerable, he's tired, he's hungry, he's weary. And the devil takes him and he says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all of their glory. And he said to him, I will give you all these things, talking about earth, all these kingdoms, all these things on earth, all these just... You know, all this that you can see from miles around, I will give you dominion over, and I will say that you are the ruler over all these things. And it says, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and what? Worship Worship me. Satan, in this moment, is fighting for Jesus' worship. Now the story goes, Jesus cast Satan away and, and told him what's up, right? What is one thing that God desires from us that we have the freedom to hold it or to freely give it and god desires our worship why is worship so important to god we talk about god desiring our worship we talk, we've heard this before, probably before because a lot of us have grown up in church we've seen these things we know that when we come to a worship service there's a design that we're coming in respect or response to be able to come and worship god okay but why does god Desire worship. Why is worship so important to God? Let me give you two reasons. One is you are a worshiper. Okay? Pretty simple. You are a worshiper. You have been created for worship. I just said that a minute ago. You have been created for worship. So say it with me right now. I am a worshiper. Ready? I am a worshiper. Say it again. I am a worshiper. Say it again. I am a worshiper. Yeah. You are a worshiper. Whether or not you realize that you were created for worship and you are a worshiper. A lot of times we kind of walk in a way that says, "You know what? I'm not really a worshiper. I don't understand what it means to worship and I go to Sunday or I go to work church on Wednesday and I I've experienced this worship that you talk about, but I'm not really a worshiper. I don't really worship other things or or do all that kind of stuff. But the reality is is Everyone is a worshiper, and now I've seen some of you, you may claim to say that I'm not a worshiper, but I've seen some of you in the way that you are with your sport, okay, maybe you're on a football team, and you're constantly training and practicing and doing things to help equip you, and so you are... Idolizing in a sense or creating that to be your center of worship or maybe you're on the Twitter sphere is what I like to call it all the time And you're just tweeting it up and you're talking about Justin Bieber and wearing fake hats and all this kind of stuff And you realize that you are idolizing your Twitter account There's tons of things that in our life are warring for our worship and Satan will use anything Okay he will use anything. He just wants you to have uh, an understanding that, his, that your worship uh, is something that he can take and he can use just as equally as God. And so here's the reality. Everyone is a worshiper. So what do you worship? What is it for you? I'll just be honest with you, for a long time, I struggled with the, uh, the kind of idolizing this uh, sense of wanting to be affirmed. And so uh, I w- always sought encouragement, always sought attaboys, and and always wanted to hear people talk good of me, and so I idolized and made that a center of my worship for a long time. And sometimes that's still a great temptation for me to do that, because I want to hear people say, man, Brian's doing a great job, Brian's doing that, blah, blah, blah. But God, in his greatness and his Mercy quickly humbled me to the reality that that's not the case and that the only person that I really need to be seeking affirmation from is Jesus Christ. It's not myself. It's not my wife. It's not anybody in this world that can give me the affirmation that I need that it's God alone and that we all struggle with something. We all struggle. And that's just one of many, by the way, okay? I'm um, just like you. I'm human. And we all struggle with something. Something in your life right now is warring for your worship. And there's a lot of good things that we encounter on a daily basis that really kind of go against what I'm talking about tonight. But because we consider them good things, we kind of just write it off and don't worry about it. God seeks our worship. And when we focus on other things other than God, then our worship with God is hindered and it's ineffective. Psalm 103 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. If nothing else tonight, you need to understand that God has created you, and you are his. And he desires your worship tonight. He desires your worship. Number two, the first, you are a worshiper. Number two is you will become like what you worship. A lot of times that's kind of a lost thought. We don't really realize that. But the majority of the time that you spend on a certain thing or item or place or whatever you want to consider yourself, uh, you will be, start to become like what you worship. The great thing is when you worship God and you truly, genuinely worship him, you then start to become like God. But there's a war for your worship, and there's other things that go against that. Psalm 115.4 says the, their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. And if you skip down to verse eight, it says, those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. If you create something in your life and make it an idol, an item of worship, something that fights against God and his desire for you to give him your worship, then those things become an idol. And those things attract you to become more like them. Worship is far more than uh, singing of songs. Sometimes we get the false I- uh, identity in worship being a time where we get to sing. And so we're like, man, that was great worship and a great message. And we kind of segregate singing and music to that word worship. And the reality is your lifestyle, <laughs> everything you do in your life is a, is a center of worship. And we'll talk about that probably in the next couple of weeks, but I want you to understand that there is a lot more to that than just music and singing. But tonight I want to talk a little bit more and focus a little bit more on corporate worship. And hello, this is where you are tonight. You're in a corporate worship setting. And so if you turn your Bibles to Hebrews 12:28, I want to read something with you. But let me pray with us real quick. Because God, we want to center ourselves back on you and your desire for us as we read your scripture, as we understand your word. God, may you pierce our hearts like we've never heard before. God, may we see the truth of your word. And may God, we are called out to understand that God, you desire our worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 12, 28 says, therefore, what's the therefore, therefore, because we need to understand that God desires our worship and this is where we're at. It says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Okay. God's kingdom is not dependent on your worship. Praise God that that's true. Okay. Praise God that God's kingdom is not shaken or not founded on my worship because we would be in a terrible, terrible spot. God's kingdom And his his kingdom, his vastness, is not centered on our worship. And praise God that it's not. But it says it's grounded on something greater. It's grounded on Jesus Christ. It's grounded on the foundation of who God is. And it says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's a firm foundation. And it says, and and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship. Not mediocre worship, not half-hearted worship, not... Um, self-centered worship, not any other kind of worship, but it says, let us offer acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God. This is one of my favorite verses in all Scripture for this reason, for our God is a consuming fire. That is an awesome verse. When I first started becoming more familiar with Scripture, um, really shortly after I felt called to ministry, I began to really start to... um, Try to uh, develop more of an intelligence of the scripture, understand the scripture. And this is one of the very first verses that I found. And man, it lit me on fire because it says, our God is a consuming fire. If our God is a consuming fire, you better believe your shorts that he is worthy of your worship. Because God is so huge so incredible so magnificent he is a consuming fire he is one that cannot be shaken and he desires your worship tonight man what an awesome thought what an awesome thought let me just paint you a little picture we go to we go to concerts anybody ever been to a concert i know i have we go to concerts, we go to entertainment venues, we see comedians, uh, we do all kinds of things to uh, you know, or, or see plays or whatever when we want to be entertained, right? And so uh let's just for the sake of this argument or this little short conversation stay with me um that we consider this a production. Okay, that's not too far off, uh, but you'll just hang with me. There's lights, there's cameras, there's you know, screens, you know, all this, you know, really nice stuff. Um And so let's just consider a production. And there's three main parts of production, and you guys may correct me if if, if I'm wrong, but I'm going to focus on these three tonight. One is there has to be an audience, right? Who's the audience tonight? Okay, fair assessment. Number two, well, let let me just say this. An audience... In worship, we, you become like a consumer, right? When you go to an entertainment venue or when you go to see a concert or you go to see a show or something, you sit back and you start to become like the critic, right? You're like, man, I don't really like that song or man, I don't really like the way he's dressed or his, uh, the lights are reflecting off his bald head. It's just not really going for me. You know, just that we become a consumer. We begin to criticize or critique or, or just, you know, look at those things a little bit differently than we should probably. Uh, but as an audience, we become a consumer. Number two, there's a a point to uh, a production, and that is uh, there's a performer. And who's the performer tonight? Fair assessment. You know, just for the sake of argument, again, not to be falsely accused of that, but, you know, for the sake of it, let's say that I'm the performer right now, okay? I'm trying to stand up here, keep your attention, maybe say a few witty things to draw you in, to keep you entertained, you know, just, you know, that type thing, right? Well, maybe there's also, the third thing is there's a director. And for the sake of where we're at tonight, who do you think the director is? Okay, that's a great assessment. You guys are sharp, man. I don't care what Mike Holt says about you. Our God, our God is, um, our God is unbelievable. There's a perception though, and, and here's what I want you to think. I want you to think everything that I've said in the past two to three minutes, I want you to shake it out and forget I said it. Because here's why. There's a false perception that when we come to church or when we come to worship that we are here to be entertained or we're here to see a performance or we're here to do these things and the reality is is that is 100% completely false. Cuz here's why. You think you're the audience tonight. Well, I got news for you. You're not the audience. I'm not the audience tonight. When we worship, we're not the audience. There's an audience of one. And he has the name that's greater than every other name. And he's the one that's more majestic and more great than anything that we can comprehend. And he is the audience of one tonight. And he should get the praise that we, he deserves. God is the audience. Wouldn't it be cool, just imagine, if you will, Wouldn't it be cool if we came to Core 33 or Sunday mornings or things at this church when we come to experience quote-unquote worship? Wouldn't it be cool if we came not to worship, but we came worshiping? Think about it. If we came not to worship, but we came worshiping. We came in an attitude and a constant state of worship because exactly that scripture says that we are living a lifestyle of worship that goes beyond uh, just coming to church or doing those things. Worship, and I got news for you, and this is a big one, so you may want to hold on to your chair real quick. Worship isn't for you. Worship isn't for you. Not even a little bit. Worship is for the creator. Worship is for the audience of one. Worship is designed because God is a jealous God, and he created you, right? And he made you the magnificent being that you are. All the talents and abilities and gifts that you've been given, all the things that you do in your life, and all these other things, the God has created you uniquely, but he created you with the one purpose, and that was to worship him. And he's a jealous God, man. He fights for your worship because he wants and desires nothing more for you to worship anything else in this life but to worship him. Man, what an awesome truth tonight. If we don't receive anything else, let me, let me just say this. We don't come to receive, we come to give. And when you come into worship, when you come into this room on Wednesday nights, I want you to come with that attitude to think, you know what, I'm not here for myself. I'm here to worship the audience of one and I'm not here to receive anything or anybody. I'm here to, to give all that I can, all that I am, everything that I've got and lay it on the table to worship him. Thank you about it. It's a lot, you know, we built on last week, talked about the why, why we do student ministry, why we do these things. And the reality is, is there's uh, so many people in this community and so many students that need to hear about Jesus. And if we come with that attitude every week of really genuinely worshiping him, coming and, and desiring and saying, you know what? I'm gonna come and I'm gonna worship the audience of one. I'm gonna come and give up of myself, not to receive anything, but to give. And man, what an awesome awesome overflow that god would then fill up your life and then it would spread out amongst not out of this not only out of this room but down these halls out these doors into this community into your schools and see how god can take your worship and use it to seek and save those that are lost it'd be unbelievable right i mean come on who is god what has he done well for me in my life god created me um Scripture tells me that he knit me together in my mother's womb. And he created me before uh, I even, my parents even knew that I was going to be in existence, right? And so he created me in a, in a good and perfect way. Uh, and then when I entered the world, I entered into a sinful world as a fallen world. And so I, I begin to grow up and I begin to gain knowledge of scriptures, gain knowledge of who God is. And i quickly became aware of who god was and what he did for me and i became a christian but that doesn't void of sin and temptation no it actually was the opposite i began to uh struggle and i began to fight and i began to see how these things and there was temptations in my life and now i began to become a liar i began to become a manipulator i began to become a deceiver and i was struggling and i was falling in a fallen world but not only that but a god who was so rich in mercy that in scripture tells us, but God came down and he reached his hand to me and he said, you know what, Brian, I've got something better for you, better than what you've tried to design yourself. And he pointed me to a way that was everlasting. And now to this day, I get a chance not only to fight against the struggles of daily temptation, but I get a chance to worship the one true living God. And for me, that is why I'm here. It's not for anybody else. It's not for myself. It's for the worship of the one true living God. I'm going to ask Bobby and and John and James and Dan to come back up and lead us here in just a second. But I want to communicate something to you. I want you to understand that even now, for me, when I worship, I have to understand and come to the throne with the realization that the only natural response to a supernatural God is my act of worship. I can only come at, with the natural response of what god's doing in my life, and so the first time that I really ever experienced genuine worship in my life uh, was this time where I didn't really know what was going on, but I just just could just feel this weight over me, just just cringing over me and dropping me down. And I'd begin to worship, but the way I worship, I got as flat on the ground as I could, and I got all the way down and I put my face on the ground and I said, God, I don't know what really how to worship, but this is the only thing I can really muster in this moment. And so, God, may you take my worship. And that was kind of one of those scenarios. And now, God is uh, will allow me the freedom to naturally respond. Sometimes maybe I raise my hands because I just want freedom and I can't really control my hands. You can see even when i talk i just do this i just do this right but Even in my worship, I can't control my hands sometimes. God just just takes me and freely moves me, okay? That's just my natural response. But there's other times maybe that I close my eyes or I open my eyes. I just, you know, there's all kinds of ways to worship. Well, God has uniquely given you a natural response to a supernatural God. And so when he calls you to worship, man, I just pray that you would just follow in the most natural way possible. It may look completely stupid, but God will use your natural worship, and he will take it. And it's going to be good. We aren't the audience. And I want you to understand as we kind of close tonight and wrap this up, we aren't the audience. But that he is the audience. And I don't want you to ever think that you are. So tonight I want us to really just kind of maybe, maybe ex- just experience genuine worship. Some of you, it may be for the very first time. Some of you may be challenged to actually lay down your life and actually Pursue the Lord, excuse me, for the very first time. Others of you, maybe you've just kind of been hanging out and you've just been standing there, but you're not really sure what it means to really experience genuine worship. And I pray tonight that in this next few moments that you would experience him for maybe the very first time. This is what I want to do. I want to, I want to say something. I want you to repeat after me. Repeat after me. In the view of who God is and what he has done I bring an offering in view of who God is and what he has done I bring an offering And I want you to stand up and I want you to say it sincere. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to say it like you're saying it to the one true living God, the audience of one. And I want you to look him in the eyes and I want you to say, in view of who God is. No, no. I want you to say it like you're saying it to the one true living God, okay? I want you to close your eyes and I want you to picture his face and I want you to say this after me, in view of who you are. In view of what you've done. I bring an offering. I bring an offering. No, I want you to say it like you're saying it to the one true living God. You ready? I bring an offering. I bring an offering. I bring an offering. I bring the offering. And here is the offering. the offering. No, no, right here. Look at me. Here's the offering. You are the offering. So let's say that with this, with each other tonight. I am the offering. I want you to raise your hands I want you to close your eyes and I want you to say God I am the offering don't care about who's around you look into the face of the God Almighty and say I am the offering. I am the offering man let's worship him